Curious Pain and Dale, 2.30am. It'll be over by four. Welcome to this, the 24th episode of the second season of the Ian Prendercast, another sports podcast brought to you as always by NGA Traffic, just raking in all those new clients, aren't you, fam? New financial year, new look, that board's looking busy on the books. We've got a lot of dashes there, a lot of big numbers followed by a K. You're an idiot. Looking good, looking good. And then a big... I'm big, on it! Big oh, <laughs> And then a big red box down the bottom with a oh, very impressive number. That's a good way to start the financial year. You're a moron. Fabian, how are you? I'm good. How are you, Sean? Yeah, I'm excellent. Excellent. It's good to hear you're good. I'm happy for that. And Tim Davis, he's back. How are you, Sean? Yeah, I'm well. I'm well. You were a man on the ground last weekend over in uh, Perth. Well, almost. I was on level five, so that's not quite on the ground, but it's there, and that's the most important thing. Level five? Yeah, but you got Optus Stadium. It's, it, it, Have they got a lot of mezzanines? It goes, it goes, it's got a lot of mezzanines, mm. yeah. Lots of mezzanines with... Um, they... they um, the mezzanine levels have their own blankets. Blankets? So it was, was a cold, Obviously, it was a colder afternoon, yeah. 320 games, so there was blankets on your chair when you went down to sit on level four in high-vis orange, it's, which it's, I thought was a throwback to the mining boom, but <laughs> I, I just wondered. <laughs> I My own experience, when I went to see um, Real Madrid play, I saw them play on the Wednesday in the Champions League, uh, and then I saw them play on the weekend in, in La Liga. Um, this was in mid-November. It was quite chilly, and they have lamps, heat lamps, on the roof. Good God! That they turn on and off periodically because if they're on for the whole match, you cook. Correct. So if you're sitting on the like the top tier, which is pretty high, like the, the grandstand's pretty sheer. Um, yeah, they 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 do affect you. That's good. Like you you notice it. You sit there going, "Oh, it's actually handy." Yeah, because it's yeah. quite cold, and they just buzz a little bit, turn off, and then come back on, turn off, come back on. So maybe, I mean, Optus Stadium, it's Perth, I get it. Probably didn't need to, ins- you know, install a whole bunch of heaters, but the blankets is a is a rural way of going about it. Well, and look, I've got to tell you, the stadium is absolutely beautiful. It looks it. it like from the outside, during the day, at night, as you're approaching it as well, they've got sort of colour lighting schemes mm-hmm. and all that sort of stuff. Lots of, um, like, it actually looks like an arc when you first go to it because there's a it's lot of it's like a timber yeah. timber skirt to it and it looks like they've built an arc. It's interesting. I like the Remember when um, they rebuilt Melbourne Central and Melbourne Central had that wooden facade? And I yep. remember thinking the moment I saw it, that looks dated already. <laughs> but um, Optus Stadium have avoided that. It actually it looks quite all right. Yeah, I, I was really impressed by it. They've, they've done a good job and um, a little bit like where you get sort of Olympic Games, um, Commonwealth Games venues where you enter the the... Oh yeah, 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 from yeah. the outskirts, I saw this. and then and then you actually come from the out, like so you're in, you're, it's you're ticketed. They've done all your um, Europe security this. and all that sort of stuff, and then you get to the stadium. No, I, I think that the MCG needs to do that. So do I. Um, Allianz, there's a few uh, Signal Iduna Park, which I went to in Dortmund. The Allianz, which is Bayern Munich's home ground, do that. I'm trying to think of another one. Bayern um, Real wasn't like that, and I don't think I'm pretty sure Barca wasn't. But yeah, they have like the perimeter, and you enter the turnstiles into the concourse. Correct. So when you're in the on the concourse, you're in the venue. You can do whatever you want. You can go where you want. You can yeah. go and find your seat, but then there is another crush as you're trying to get yeah, through the door. Yeah, it's really – it's the MCG, particularly for those big games, I think should think about – because they usually don't have Yarra Park um, open to parking in those big games anyway. True. So if they brought the entry point out to the end of the concourse, I think it just 
Something about atmosphere too, I think. Well, you can still have an experience yeah. inside of the gate before you get into the stadium. And it's sort of and actually, stuff on the concourse you know what it does too, and you would probably experience this at Optus, it actually lets the vendors, or the, the stadium I should say, control the experience on the concourse via the vendors, which improves the actual match-going experience. Uh, I think it's something that they should... To be honest, I wouldn't be surprised if they adopt it sooner rather than later. Well, I think... Because you can start from scratch and say what works around the world, they're yeah. saying this is the model that we want to follow. You know what else I want them to do? What's that? By um, Dortmund had like a like a Mikey to be used inside the stadium. Ah. A little bit different, obviously, because it's they own the stadium. One team plays out of it, whatever. But um, your say if you're Carlton member, say if we, we still played at Princess Park, and you could load it up and then buy hot dogs on it or beer. Or merchandise. Merchandise. Or whatever, yeah. It's just like a cash card inside the venue. And what it does is I think they've introduced it so people with light fingers don't hit the tills um, <laughs> and your, your vendor's selling whatever it might be. But, yeah, it's just a really clean – you don't need cash. And if you get to the end of the season, you just use your last it $75 rolls over. to – It just rolls over to, to a membership. Off- offset what you're going to pay yeah. on your membership. Spot on. And, yeah, well, we don't need to speak I've – I've spoken about this to, to people in the know, Fabian. Fabian is still here. Hello. About uh, <laughs> the, the club adopting a Mikey-style thing that you can use in the store, you can use game days hard, but you can top it up for a pay-as-you-go membership, you know, to buy another game, to buy a reserve seat, to buy whatever. Just seems like an evolution. Uh, We're going to get on to uh, shout-outs is where we start the episode, generally speaking. I've got a bit of a left-field shout-out. Watching the football on Saturday, shout-out to Liam Ryan. He might be... He might be... He might be the most exciting player in the competition. I like him. Well, he was very exciting before he even started. His highlight how did he come into football. How did he slip? Well, he was skinny. No, but even like he, when you watch that stuff of him playing in the waffle, yeah, he looked great. But did he, did he get picked up as a 19-year-old or a 21-year-old? I think it was later. It wasn't in like his 18-year-old year. Yeah, yeah. But on, on Saturday, I think it was, um, wet day, MCG, it looked like the ball was dry. Yep. He, he was taking the piss. He was he was so clean. Everything he was just brilliant. And in the end, in a really close game, a couple of his efforts to be clean, to execute cleanly, they've won the game by a kick. Made the difference. Yeah. Made all the difference. He, he was unbelievable. And he's a player that more and more, sort of, I actually find myself wanting to watch the Eagles. Yeah, absolutely. To see what he might be able to do. What have you got for us, Fab? Shout out wise. I got no shout out. I'll give you a shout out. Give me a shout out. Mark Murphy. Oh, big shout out! Actually, no, no. If, we, if I'm gonna, uh, I do have a shout. Levi Casbolt would be my shout out. Well, I'm gonna, I teed you up to give a shout out to Mark Murphy because you're a Mark Murphy fan. I'm when a he huge was, Mark when Murphy he was fan. under pressure earlier in the year, oh, you, you you made the you, point. It was an, an LEU, was it? No, yeah, no. It was. Well, 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 can I do both of them then? Yeah. Well, Mark Murphy. Um, I I often get into disputes with people about. I hate when people say Mark Murphy's been is fi- finished. The game's gone. I'm going to quote this one. The game's gone past him. Now it's an easy thing for people to say. I, I hate when people say Jared Ruffhead's cooked, and yet Lance Franklin's going to play five more years coming out of the same draft. Well, I think that Jared Ruffhead is cooked now, but I don't think that Lance is going to play five more years. Well, what's his contracted for? He's contracted for five. But he so. won't get there. No, okay, he'll, he'll so, easily play two. Yeah, he no, might get three, is, and then I think is, he I'm not talking about Carlton five. people specifically here, but. Scott Pendlebury, oh, he'll be he'll, he'll be there for another three years. But Mark Murphy's the game's gone past him. Dale Thomas has to retire. Mark Murphy has to retire. Josh Kennedy will play another five years. It's like they're all from the same fucking draft. There's a little bit now, of Logan's run that comes into when you when you turn thirty. 
people start putting, they basically start chiseling on your coffin already from an Absolutely. AFL perspective. Oh, he's got two more. No, he's got one more. It often comes back to what your strength is, though, doesn't it? Totally. So, so if you're a guy who relies on athleticism, speed, agility, and those sorts of things, and you, you drop a yard, you come back to the field, whereas a guy like Scott Pendlebury who has time whenever he does, whatever he does, you, you're sort of going, well, he will always have that. Well, he might not. He no, might not. No. But, but I would be backing Pendlebury in to last a little bit longer than a lot of those guys. But soft tissue injuries sneak up on blokes and, the, and, and you go from being extremely relevant to all hmm. of a sudden just and the, not, in, not in the game at all. Well, I want to ch- turn this into a shout-out to Scott Pendlebury, but my point was Murph's slump, I rather than saying the game's gone past, I reckon Murph's form slump was all because of Murph. I reckon it was attitude. It was application, and it was probably it was a little bit of played out of position. Yeah, not every midfielder can push forward and kick goals. It's just it just doesn't work. Not well, everyone is Gary Ablett Junior. Gary Ablett Junior is probably tailor made for that role. Yeah. Did, did the stat come out? I don't know the numbers, but the stat itself was informative that um, under Brendan Bolton in the eleven games that that uh, Bolts coached this year, Murphy took more centre bounces on the weekend. Than he had in those yeah. games total. Wow! And, and I said going, leading into the Collingwood game, I had you know some to and fro's on on Twitter with with a few people about elbows Murph. Out. And, sorry, elbows out. <laughs> no, no, there was no elbows, but uh, Lenny well, Hayes style. And I said, Murphy, we'll look for who we're going to put in the middle. Why can't Mark Murphy get in there? I'm yeah. not saying he has to take every. And I said it at the time, doesn't need to take every centre bounce. Because but I understand that we want to play Paddy Dow and we want to play Samo. We want to play the future midfield in the midfield. But 50%, 40%. Well, we talked last week about goal of the week nominations or goal of the round winners, and Mark Murphy had four. Mark Murphy now Everyone's has five. Everyone's picked up on the fact that he, he does check side goals. He's a creative footballer. I'm, I'm going to narrow it. Mark Murphy does awesome check side goals in Perth. Get specific. <laughs> Go back over the years. <laughs> he's done a few at the MCG, though, too. Go, he's, I reckon he's kicked two at Subiaco. He has right? kicked a couple of good ones, yeah. Now add one at Optus. Mark Murphy, get on him for uh, any game we've got in the future in Perth. Well, can I can I throw in a Tales from the Punt while we're on it? Have we finished our shout-outs? Sorry. And- no, no. Well, it's just relevant. That's all. Right, all. I'll, I'll give it when you're finished. Yes. All right. So Tales from the Punt. Yep. We're, at, we're walking to the pub in Perth. <laughs> To have a drink before going on the footy on Sunday afternoon, yep. I I decided to put a same game multi on. So we've gone Carlton at the line with a thirty-two and a half point head start. I, I really thought we were a chance at winning, but I just didn't quite have the balls to have a crack at it. But took the thirty-two and a half point line, which was pretty much consumed at quarter time, which I was a little shitty at. We've gone Nick Newman to have twenty or more possessions, ended up on twenty-five. Sam Petrovsky Seaton to have twenty or more possessions. Ended up on 23, final leg. Mark Murphy, goal, any time. At halftime, Newman and Petrovsky seaton had 10 and 9 perspectives, so they weren't lighting it up, but they were on track. But obviously, your bet's no chance of getting up until Murph kicks a goal. Well, Murph kicks a goal at the end. We're all jumping around like maniacs because we're going to win the game. The focus is not on the bet whatsoever. And it was only after a couple of blokes went for a leak and we're waiting outside and we've gone, shit, Murph kicked a goal. We might be alive in this bet. Then went jumped on the AFL website, checked the numbers, 25 and 23, and your beauty had a winner. 
paying $18, 25 times. 470 of the best. Pity the Crohn's and Colitis Foundation don't get any of this form from Timbo. No, it's, the Crohn's and Colitis you've got Foundation. Stick, you've got to stick with it, and you did, you're just not a stayer. The Crohn's and Colitis Foundation <laughs> actually have to shut their doors based on the strength of towels but, from but the, the pump. Brent Gleeson goes, hey, Timmy, can I have a bit of that as well? And I said, all right, yeah, no worries. How much do you want on it? And he goes, oh, 100? And I've gone, mate, I've only got 40 in the account. He goes, oh, okay, give me 15. And I'm like, why don't you want 40? He goes, no, no, 15's okay. And then at the end, I said, mate, you could have had 100. He goes, yeah. He said, I could have had 40 too. <laughs> I like it how even in victory, there's like loss. When oh, yeah, comes, yeah no, it's comes the punter's to, lament. When it comes yeah. to punting, it's You like, win, you I could win. have won more. I could have won more. <laughs> if I just put another 50 bucks on it. Back on your other shout-out. Also, my original, I understand what Sean was doing, and I appreciated that, but shout-out to Levi, because Levi, much maligned by... I'm going to include myself. No, I don't take to social media. His career to criticize have been him over as a six man. weeks ago. He, he frustrates me, Levi. But I think he frustrates a lot of Carlton nothing supporters. Nothing but love, and not for the just for the final play, for the entire game. I thought he was absolutely. He massive. worked hard, but the final play, the final play the is final. like it's. No one's done the Titanic bit yet, but they do the Titanic bit. Like everything is better with Titanic. Yeah. They would do it for the Mark Murphy goal, but I reckon you'd do it for the for the Levi play. It's it's amazing. He's literally fended off what three or four. They were hanging fended off, off him. the first. Luke Ryan had two goes at trying to tackle him and couldn't They've get near him. They've got him nearly down at the start. Like he gets the ball and he's kind of crouched down, and then they he's, looked like he kids. stands up in the tackle yeah. and just yeah. basically just. Fuck they looked off. like he's children just the, yeah. at an Auskick clinic trying to take him down. Yeah, exactly right. Nah. He's hanging. I shook the man's hand at the airport. Oh. Levi Casbolt. Absolutely. Absolutely. Did you try to tackle him down? Well, I saw Liam Jones. I saw Samo petrovsky seaton Zach Fisher was on the flight. I spoke to Mitch McGovern walking onto the fl- onto the plane. Oh, no. But I shook Levi Casbold's <laughs> oh, hand. Oh, no. You're one of those. And it, no, no, no. <laughs> oh, I, no. We, we were about to walk on, and it was sort of like uh, after the game we and the know. impact and all that sort of stuff. <laughs> I saw the man, and I, I just went over to him. I said, excuse me. I said, Congratulations, I said, mate. That last play, you were an absolute animal. Did you and your mates paint the paint blues on your chests? No, we weren't that nuts. No. It was pretty cool, and it would have been underneath our fluoro orange. No, fluoro orange was the the level below. But um, well, we have got one more final shout out. Do you want to do the final shout no, out? No, no, no. You you well, you do the final no, shout out. Timbo can take it. Timbo can take the final shout out. No, I had a different shout out. Oh, give us your shout out. Well, just it was. I just found the the event last week when. There was the swarm of bees that were at the Cricket World Cup and all the players had to lie face down on the so ground. So why is this? Is this a shout-out to the well, bees? No, it's a shout-out to the bees. Well, no, no, it was just... it was. We often do the things we liked in sport for the week. Yeah, we're going to do that next. All right, well, fucking I'm going out. Do you know again. what I love? This, this, we probably should be discussed pre-pod. Yes. Sean created a segment and kind of overlapped it with a segment. We've never had this shout-out segment. Yeah, no, it was... You've well, it's usually a bit more random. Yeah, yeah. It's just. We just seem we said shout out. So that's out why I think you've confused Timbo with his. You got to yeah, do the. Sh- you got to do the last shout out, Fat. No, no. It's, I'll, I'll give you the. If uh, you don't do it, it doesn't get done. If I don't do it, it doesn't nah, get done. Come on, do well, it. Well, it's a shout out from all of us, a uh, <laughs> loyal listener, Steve Raitman. We've been saying it for a while. We have. Steve O deserves a shout out. He does deserve a shout out to everyone. But Good on you, Steve O. Steve O's a, a loyal, a loyal listener. Chimes and, in on uh, Twitter. And, yeah, and what do they call it? A contributor. He is a, a contributor. Influencer. <laughs> No, he's not. He was not an influencer. We're not influencers. But no, look, Steve. Obviously, uh, your listens are always much appreciated. Appreciate thought we'd give you a boys. shout out. Yeah, absolutely. Um, we're going to move on now to uh, sort of what have we, you, well, you've renamed this segment on the go. It was around the grounds, but it was like now you wanted. You've always to, called it what caught your eye. You want to bumped up in the order, so we're bumping it up. 
So you've already gone on your World Cup story with the bees. Well, with just the best bit being if, if you just flicked the channel over and you started watching the World Cup cricket and there is, what, 17 people lying face down on the ground, or 15 I guess it is, if you've got two umpires, two batsmen and 11 players, mm-hmm. just laying prone on the ground... Um, Did someone come out with a smoke machine? And well, no, I, I, I actually don't know. They just but have to I, wait for them to leave. Because, as you say, is a queen bee just gone for a bit of a, a, bit of a hum along down the road or whatever? Like, I don't know like how this Liz. shit works. So. No, she's like, you know, when Liz wants to go for a ride around London and they have to shut down the town. Liz? Oh, Elizabeth, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Who the fuck's Liz? I think, she, Early. I think she, a couple of times a year she does it. She gets in and goes for a drive and they have to, like, shut down the city. And she drive? She doesn't drive. I don't know if she drives, but yeah. she's just in the car and they drive around a bit. Awesome. That's it reminds a, in me B of form. A, sorry. <laughs> this all reminds me of. A, I'll have to say this the story. Pete's on the phone with a client, and um, so Mr. I've, Chen? I, no, it wasn't. <laughs> no, but um, uh, I can only uh, obviously uh, <laughs> don't do that. I can only hear one side of the conversation, which, which I think makes it funnier. And Pete's talking about <laughs> hay fever and bees, and Pete says to. The, He's, sorry, he goes, I th- he goes, I've heard that if you eat honey from bees that pollinate in the area in which you're... Correct. You are... It, it helps with your, with your hay fever and your allergies. Yeah. <laughs> he then goes quiet, so they're obviously the other person's talking. Then he goes, but if you get a strong breeze from the northeast, you're fucked. <laughs> <laughs> out, of t- out of tennis. So, uh... We, we got some honey from But it makes Warrandette. sense, though. Yeah, like, yeah but... If you, if wind and well, local pollen to move around, it's local pollen creates local ho- uh, honey. And if you're if it's local pollen that can set you off, and you're getting a level of it yeah. through the honey, you 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 build up a level of resistance. I just thought he's little. Yeah, but if you get a strong breeze coming from the <laughs> there's north, always there's a caveat there. on everything. <laughs> so. I got to say, when I press record, I never thought we'd be talking about uh, bees and honey, bees and honey and at the honey what the 18 minute mark pollination and all that kind of stuff extraordinary uh, just before we move off the cricket uh, the, the semi-finals look we set have we spoken cricket to move that's off. where the bees oh, were oh. um, the semi-finals look set you know Australia yeah. uh, yep. superb the other night against New Zealand uh, were booked in already but um, strongest performance of the tournament to date I think against New Zealand um, to come back from from some early wickets Alex Carey was phenomenal he was um, you know Kawaja was good as well and then with the ball uh, really starting to hit some good form. So at the right time in the tournament, England have navigated those tricky games against India and New Zealand successfully, which is a shame. They were kind of dead rubbers though, weren't they? That that was the one frustration is if either India or New Zealand needed to win to galvanise that final four spot, it would have been ideal. Yeah, and it was a bit of a shame that one of those two teams couldn't pinch one of them. Correct. But uh, but they're the four teams that will progress through to the semis. It's just a matter of who plays who and, and the like. So Australia sit first, India second. Uh, I think New Zealand are still third, and England are fourth at the moment. But yes. there's a one v four, yeah, three. So yeah, okay. So um, yeah, it's interesting there in the end. But uh, we'll obviously wait. So we play South, South Africa, Africa in our final game on Saturday night. So Saturday, yeah, and then okay. we'll, we'll obviously move on to the knockouts after that. And then the Ashes aren't aren't too far uh, beyond that. In terms oh, of Fabian, <laughs> oh no, yeah, prepare yourself for that. No. Uh, Fab, what caught your eye? The London baseball, the London series. So the this is year one of the London series, so they're... There's only two years booked in. I think they wait and see how um, it goes. Well, the 59,000 people they got at the first game. And um, the game one, the Yankees versus Red Sox, so they brought the rivalry over. So if you're going to kick it off, kick it off in style. They've gone and absolute... 
what was it? 17-13 in 17, game one. 17-13 in the end. And 12-8. 6-all six, six after the first inning. Now, both both pitchers, both starting pitchers don't make it out of the first inning. There actually weren't... When you when you look at that score, it wasn't as though there was a crazy amount of home runs in a 30-run game. I think it was like five or six. Um, it was, so it wasn't nuts. So it was just accumulation of runs. It was just accumulation runs of runs. Of, of, and, of hits, rather. And, and sort of, in a weird sort of way, baseball purists who like defence and solid pitching and whatnot were probably sitting there going... <laughs> it was this, much of that. Sitting there going, this is boring. Yeah. Um, but for the event it was an exhibition of sorts. Yes, it counts towards the season tally, uh, but it was perfect in the end to go 17-13 and then 12-8. Well, 17-6 at the bottom of the six, and then the Sox have, you know, started to pick up from there, but obviously couldn't go. But 17-13, and then all the journalists were coming out and saying, dear British you know, public, don't. this is not what baseball usually is. Don't get excited. Game <laughs> two rolls around a few days later, 12-8 to the Yanks. So it's an interesting. I mean, I don't know the dimensions, but from what I understand, Yankee Stadium itself has a particularly short one of the lines. I don't know if it's to right or to left. is is relatively so. Occasionally at Yankee Stadium, you get blowout type scorelines. I think um, one of the first times they played there, the Indians smashed them. It was like eighteen four or some crazy score. Obviously, weren't throwing any uh, curveballs. No, no, Pedro no, Serrano got a hold of him. No, uh, no crafty veteran Eddie Harris <laughs> for the Yankees that night. So that was my. Uh, that's what caught me. You know what? You know what helps the field itself. The setup and at West Ham, you know, London Stadium, the old Olympic Stadium. Um, having been there, I've seen West Ham play there. Like it's a pretty charmless venue. It's just a bit of a nothing kit style. Looks like it comes from IKEA. You just whack it together. It's there's not a lot to it, um, but it looked amazing. For the baseball, like it was looked like it was a perfect setup. Setup, yep. Maybe a little bit short to the uh, to the fence, but, um, but it just looked like a good venue. On the baseball, I can't remember the two teams, but it was one. Someone's won a couple of days ago. A pitcher has basically they're up by they're up by one leading into the bottom of the ninth, and a pitcher has literally thrown that many balls. He's just he's walked. Two people in. That's how. That's how they've won. But the oh, wow. Dodgers. It might have been the Dodgers. He it's walked like, five it was, batters. It was just that's dis- twenty balls. That's disgusting pitching. <laughs> bit of Rick Vaughan style. <laughs> just a bit outside. Well, surely, surely you go. But what the, we're what's have the manager the doing? We're going to have something in the bullpen better than this bloke. It's tricky though because they actually might not have had anyone. Yeah. That so. might have been the end of a series, end of a road trip. Got no one there. We're going. We, we don't have anyone to put into the we've game. Let a victory slip. So. Absolutely. Um, Women's World Cup's obviously motoring on. The final for that one is set. Uh, the Netherlands will play the USA. Um, USA, obviously, heavy favourites. They negotiated a, a blockbuster against England, um, 2-1, surviving a late penalty save. A little bit disappointing. I would have liked England to have won and gone through to the final because America getting a bit too big for their britches. But they are the best team in Women's World They are soccer, the best so. team, so it's always good to see. The- can the Dutch beat them? Yes. Good. <laughs> I mean, they can beat them, but... Yeah. And so the Dutch beat the Swedes. Yeah. What was the score in that one? Because I never saw it. I'm just trying to blank. I'll look it up. I'll Did just you know say uh, full time in Swedish? Oh, it was 1 0, sorry. 1 0. Um, extra time. 99th minute, I think, was the, the Dutch goal. Yeah. Okay. Do you know to say full time in uh, Swedish? Yes. No. So, uh, which well, I thought well, that was weird. They probably. Like, I get it's another language. But yeah. Slut signal. I get it's another language. Is that, is that like the bat signal? Yeah. Well. <laughs> Depends where you are. Like I understand it is. <laughs> what you're looking for. If you're in the red light district, maybe. 
just what a an bit eye, more Dutch than what an eye-opening experience that was. If you, yeah, if you're going to put out in social media, which is a worldwide thing, you might want to cross-reference to see if yeah, the literal translation, yeah, especially for the women's team. Wow, oh. it'd be funny if. It, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, with the so, women's with the women's World Cup, probably my biggest takeaway from it, and we've seen it in the A League, we saw it a little bit throughout the the Champions League, but to see it over so many matches in a concentrated time. VAR is a farce, and VAR it's, oh. it'll ruin the game. it'll ruin the game. Yeah, yeah, it's yeah. all it needs to go. It's just what you're doing is you're making a game that forever and a day. Yeah, look, there's been inconsistencies, there's been howlers, like in every you've got sport. Got to avoid the howler. That's avoid that's the all howler, that exists. For. But it's it's made it so overly officious that a little bit like the AFL score review, it seems to depend who's in the booth. Yeah, that oh, is that offside. Because the, I think it was the one in the English game. There was a girl that was ruled offside. She was and an it offside. Was, she, it was like you sit there, there and go. There was millimeters. You in sit it. there and go. You can't. You have to give the benefit of the doubt. Absolutely. The only thing VAR needs to be useful behind the scenes incidents. Yep. Someone's gone down. The referee can stop. Ask the lines, but if they have no clue, go upstairs. Because he's a yellow or a red. Head butted or punched or something. That. The I'm goal on, line technology, tick, that's perfect. I'm on the fence even with penalties because I'm sitting there going, no, if, no, you're, nothing. if you're the referee... Well, the penalty given to the English girl was horrendous and it was almost like it was, I'm going to give one back for the one that I took off you for the offside. Maybe. but Apart I'm, from behind the scenes play and goal line technology, everything else, wipe it. You're going to ruin the sport. Because you know what it does? Yeah. And cricket's done this. I think we actually may have spoken about this in the debut episode, shout out to Alex Pillen, that... We did too. DRS in cricket to me... Remove the howler. Not a problem in the world. But you've actually created a climate or a culture where the umpire doesn't need to make a decision. Well, I know. That's so the worst thing. If you get to that point in in football and soccer, that's not a good place to be because there's more decisions to be made. Yeah. And you start like – we start going back and sitting there going, was there a tackle in the backfield that led to the goal? Was it offside? Was it, You start there going, you're looking at too many things. I, I just think in cricket it just should come back to the umpire. The umpire decides whether he goes to VAR or not. I don't not, see, not saying, oh, you've only got two reviews. Or but whatever. I don't mind that in the Do case. Do you use the review? Well, I mean, if it's about making sure that you get it, the right only thing I would say reason, to that, the only thing I'd say to that is Chris Gale was incorrectly given out three times against Australia, <laughs> and he's like he's nicked one or yeah. whatever. And you sit there going, he's nicked it onto his pad. That's happened forever and a day. But if you can eliminate that, that's fine. But for for soccer, for football, I just feel like. When it gets to the EPL, when it gets to the biggest league in the world... Yeah, which is this season, isn't it? Which is this season, yeah. it's going to be a disaster. Cause, and you've said it before, you actually take out the unbridled, the emotion and the joy of the game mm. is snuffed out. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Cricket, it does that a little bit where you get a wicket, oh, I've got to check the front foot. Yeah. Oh, well, that's the umpire's yeah, job. Oh, yeah, yeah. oh, we're just going to make sure. Well, make the decision when you had to make the decision, which yeah. is when the ball's bowled. But in soccer, we're going to get this, oh, we're just going to check if it's offside. You know, the linesman didn't want to raise the flag, blah, blah, blah. You're there to make a decision. It takes over from I'm worried. It'll, it'll ruin the game. I watch Serie A, obviously, a lot more than you do, Sean, mm. and it's, it's, it's farcical. It is, Ooh, because okay. half the time, they don't even get it right, or it's just... It's out of the spirit of the game. It's just not. It's, it's, that's the big thing. It's out of the spirit of the game and it Especially makes... Especially all these handballs. Oh, yeah. Fuck, you can call a penalty nearly every corner. There's, shock, yeah. there's shockers where you sit there and go somewhere you go, geez, oh, there was one actually, I can't remember what the game was, but I thought in the Women's World Cup, quite late in a knockout game, and I thought, geez, that wasn't given, but maybe it was, against, it was France. It might have been against the USA. And I thought, 
geez, you've seen less than that given. Mm. But they didn't get it. You're going, well, there's, so there's no consistency. It's just taken the inconsistency away from the referee and given it to someone else. Given Absolutely. it to some other snooze. So we'll be interested to see how it goes. But like I said, the girls, um, they'll square off. Sweden will play England in the third place playoff and, and obviously the Netherlands will play the USA in the final. So um, other than that, it's actually been a reasonable tournament. I think from a couple of years ago, the standard's gone up um, and, the, and the games are you know played at a better standard. For it, more, it felt for like a World Cup. This now, felt like, a, like the top the, the top teams. Yes, yeah. it starts. Like, like it, I, I'm not the soccer football fans that you boys are, but I love a World Cup, and and you love the celebration of the sport and watching the highest quality of the of the sport. And I genuinely, even after the Australians went out, I genuinely enjoyed watching high quality sport. Well, this is an interesting point. I actually hadn't thought about it in in that term, but I agree completely. Now that you've said it, shout out to Tim, <laughs> is that it actually for the first time. In, in my time, sort of being very heavily invested in the sport, this Women's World Cup felt like a World Cup. Yeah. It felt like, didn't feel like an off-Broadway afterthought. And the quality, I think, of the quality of matches and the teams competing has had a lot to do with it. Um, and so obviously shout the, out to the women. Yes. Mm. And obviously the, the our girls being, whilst disappointing to have got knocked out when they did, them being a better team you know, helps that as well. Um, we're going to move now to the AFL. There's only one place to start. With the AFL this week, well, what's Fab playing with? A bottle of port. He's gonna, Do it. He's going to pour himself a celebratory drink. <laughs> um, three wins. We've had two wins in the last three. We had two wins in the last eighteen months. Yeah, true. Um, would like a few more of those wins to be in Melbourne, just quietly. But uh, an absolutely superb performance from the boys to be. It's Fakata. They've, they've done a toast. I'm, I'm not a drinker, so I'm not going to have any. Um, but, look, the guys, to have been five goals down and early in the game, really up against it. Charlie goes down. Uh, I did tweet, we might not kick a goal today. We just didn't look like it. Um, the first three or four minutes was good. I'd beg to differ. I thought we were okay. We were a little bit unlucky. But we were in the game at quarter time. We just Sometimes, Tim, it's the light and the dazzle. The, the, being at the ground can lead you astray because on the television, we looked bad. Well, it was Matty Skeel. Shout out to Matty Skeel. Matty Skeel at quarter time said, we're five goals down, but I don't think we're out of the contest at all. I think we're actually playing okay. And I kind of said, I half-jokingly said, we've got them right where we want, being five goals down. <laughs> but I, I said, I kind of said, they won the toss, they kicked with a win, Frio. Or, or you thought, hopefully it's the scoring end. Maybe it's the scoring end and, and, and you get the right of reply and maybe you're not actually that disadvantaged. But it was concerning, it, no doubt. I agree. Obviously, being a viewer on TV and not being there with you, Timbo, thanks for the invite. Um, <laughs> it felt like we weren't going to score. But on replay, and maybe in hindsight, I think it didn't look as bad. Yeah, But just yeah. live in the moment, I like Sean's like, we may not score. I'm like, Maybe it's I just agree. A, when you play interstate too, you just want a goal as soon as you can get one. Yeah. It sounds like a silly thing to say. There's never a bad time to kick a goal, yeah, but you correct. just want to steady. You, settle, yeah. you just want to get a goal, get some early reward, and then that'll hopefully lead to more. Um, and how shit ass was the free kick to Michael Walters when he just buried oh. his head into a player? And you're going, a, you shouldn't fucking beat there in the first instance. You shouldn't be there because you used your head, and you're getting a free kick. Because of your head, and you sit there and you're going, Fab, Fab, I, I hated it. You, with you, a passion. Lockie, Lockie was, went in a bit recklessly too. Oh wow. 
Fab hates Lockie, so... He's not a Lockie fan, is he's he? He's got the line through his... Mark Murphy's been his boy for 15 years and he forgives him for everything. He's had a line and, through and Lockie, Lockie for a Lockie O'Brien can have a bad no, haircut. No, no, it wasn't Lockie O'Brien. No, 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 no. Lockie no, Plowman. Lockie, Lockie Plowman. Plowman. Mr. Plow. Yeah. Hasn't rated him for some time. Line right through him. Mr. Plow keeps... He just finds he, a way. He, he worked hard Do on you the know weekend. What, you know what Mr. Plow needs? You know what he is? He knows he only starts to come good after I've... He's crafty. I've given my little bit of... You know what he is? He's You're the catalyst. Mind you, I contain my... Like again, I'm not, I don't publicly shame the man. I, 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 I frustration. Publicly, is I publicly to shame blokes. you. No, I think I think there are a lot of Carlton supporters that. Um, uh, well, I think Plough is a little bit divisive, and I think there are some that like him, and then there are others that are still needing convincing. And uh, that was actually quite nice, wasn't it? The old Penfold's father port. He's yeah. I think it's it's one or the other with. Plough, you either have time for him or you got zero time yeah, for him. Yeah, hold on. If you want to, sh- you know, call me out on on something, you are the absolute total, the opposite side of the coin. No, you not love Lockie Plowman regardless Tim, of the performance. Tim liked my tweet the other night, what where, is, I, where what, what, I said what, something like, "It's incredible for a man with so little agility for a professional <laughs> athlete. He's not. He has no pace. He's got some iffy disposal at times, but his track record's not bad. His actually disposal efficiency is right up there." So it whether it's like good decision makers, it feels like when and, and, and maybe it's Fab, and he's one of those players that, like Jordan Russell, used to be like this. You hang him for one mistake, yeah, and you sit there and go, not just because he plays half back or whatever, but you you sit there and go, his one mistake, like grates you more than Sam Walsh making a mistake. Yeah, sometimes he's in the gun really taking the game on. Yeah, yeah. but um, I just want to single out. Uh, we'll go to um, to to Tim on this one. I want to put to you. Uh, some standout performances and just get your thoughts and then we'll go to Fab with some others. I've broken them into two categories. We've got the experience, Kerno and Murphy. Yep. Um, you, can th- you can throw Cruiser and you can yep. even throw Daisy in there. It was big um, at times when he needed to be in Simo as well. And then uh, we'll talk to Fab about the young guys. more limber too. Who? Cruiser, like he was, he was on the floor a lot. He was against the young yeah, buck. It was, kept it, picking it, himself up, and like it was a greasy game. I keep waiting for him to break Ste- down, and he Sh- didn't. Sean Darcy was a big, is a big guy. He's a bit lumbering. Uh, oh, jeez, loved to push in the back, didn't he? There was about <laughs> five of them. Eventually, the umpire said, "I have to pay it against yeah, you." I'm yeah, sorry, yeah. Um, but Christ just but, did. but those experienced guys, um, and Fab's been calling it for quite some time, is that the game's there to be won. And you have to go to the guys who, no disrespect to the young players who will hopefully get there in time. Yeah. But you have to give it, give the ball to the guys who are going to win. Well, you the our game. last three go- three of our last four goals: Simo, Simpson, Murph, Thomas, Murph. Yeah, love yeah, it. Yeah, it really. It, it. And like, we'll, get, it, we'll get to Jack. He kicked the other one. Well, it was the youth, or there was another one in the middle there. No, no, you missed the bloke in the middle. Well, no, we we'll get to the, Kennedy as well. Correct, thank you. But just the the experience from them um, told. It was massive. Yeah. And you can't help but think on a couple of occasions, Fab, once again, you were big on this for the most part of the first half of the year. If Bolton had pulled the levers that Teague did, he'd probably still have his job. I reckon you're right. Because we might have yeah. beat Hawthorne, we might have beat Collingwood, we'd have a few more wins. Just change a few things And up. the pressure valve wouldn't we'd have, be... We would have beaten GWS. Well, oh, GWS, uh, Gold Coast. Gold Coast. So yeah. you sit there and go, the, the pressure valve, which was yeah, Make a right 14 goal difference. No coach would have held to GWS. Um, and then, oh, look, Fab, obviously the young guys, they came to the party as well. Samo was outstanding. Um, Walsh was very good again. Uh, Paddy Dow nails that goal. How, how happy oh, I Paddy Dow had his moments. Lockie O'Brien was, was really good again. Kennedy you know, probably had his best game for the club, certainly his most influential game for the club. Lockie O'Brien had one of the greatest assists of all time, where he threw his boot on it. His leg was about 
at eye level and it's gone 90 degrees sideways <laughs> and JSOS has marked it on the boundary yeah, and then drilled it. Well, what are you gesticulating well, I don't know, for? I was going to say, O'Brien took the mark, uh, the mark back with the fly yes. of the ball when the game was on the line, which was a very unlucky O'Brien thing to do. So I thought, yep, there's a tick. Theory. Is he the type of player, he, he needed to be hit a couple of times Maybe to realise... Get in a fight. I'll... I could actually absorb it. Yeah, probably. And I think, and I've been harsh on him, I think Setters needs the same thing. Well, I think Setters is he skirting... Was con- he was the bloke. He was the bloke I thought that really stood up and showed something on the weekend. He needs to be hit and realise, I'm still here. Yeah. And guess what? I haven't done my knee again. Because well, that, that can play on your mind too. Oh, well, it has to. Yeah. And I but think, he's a big unit. He's he's bigger than you realise He's he missing is. that little something. And once he gets it... He's just missing a little bit of poise. Well, I thought he was a lot cleaner yeah. this weekend. Add on the but wing. I think he's rushing because I think I hate to say but he's scared. Because if I was playing in the eighth, I'd probably I'd be scared. A bitch myself. But I just reckon he's rushing. Well, if you watch the replay again, you're probably right. But there was a couple of bits where he'd get the ball, he'd turn back inside traffic, and he had like an Ed Kerner going past, and he'd give him a foot long subway. <laughs> It was a one foot or a two foot handball and it was it was working in the phone booth and it, and it was too sharp and it was it if it came off it'd look like a miracle but it probably wasn't the right decision but you could see what he was trying to do and and he had the time to be able to do it, it just and, and probably in fairness to Ed and obviously Ed's game was just one for the ages He's not the bloke with the touch and the feel to yeah. be able to gather that ball. Whereas if you gave it to a Murph or someone like that, they'd probably take it with them. It's one of those like gene splice footballers where you you know you look at two players and you go like, I remember Dad and I laughing. Um, we went and watched the, the VFL one day, and we looked there and thought, if you could give Matt Watson's ability to Nick <laughs> Digan, yep, you go wow. You have his, he'd have Digan's endeavour and his heart and his competition. He'd have Matty Watson, beautiful kick of the football and whatever. He'd be phenomenal. What a, that'd be a really good match. Like, Ed's a bit like that, where you go, geez, if we could give you, like, yeah, you know, whether it be Bryce Gibbs' skill or something. Bryce's hair. Bryce's hair as well, wowzer. <laughs> but you'd be going, what a player you would be. Yeah, yep. You're going, wow. But Well, it's amazing that he was, they took the role on Fife off Bryce him. Gibbs. But just, I said Gibbs. Just normally. <laughs> um, but yeah, to, to remove... To take the roll off Kerno on five, you know that was good, and, and then let him to stand up on his own, and he still ends up with sixteen clearances. But that was great composure. Oh, um, in the coach's box to sit there and go, okay, that's not really working. Five, I didn't think. I thought five played well. I didn't subscribe to the nonsense that was going on online. I thought he played well. Yeah, but what was the problem? Why did five look so fucking good? Because he had no one on him. He had no fucking mates. That's like true. Fremantle, I thought were fucking shitful. That's true. And I probably shouldn't be swearing, but um, and I was very passionate about the game. But um, I've been you watch Freo a lot, and there are the usual suspects that beat you. Monday, Monday kills us. Yeah, Monday's killed us every single time. And even then, at the very, very end, when the goal was kicked by Switkowski, he was on his own in the corridor, and they should have gone to him. And probably Monday would have been the bloke that we thought was going to sink us, and it never quite happened. But he was. He was seriously absent. He started well. Did he? Yeah, no, Bundy started well. And then when Freo were on top and started doing the Olay yeah. stuff. But the, the, what I mean, in terms of composure in the coach's box, I sat there and thought, that's it's not really working for us as such. We'll, we'll release Ed, we'll try something else. And to go to Jack, and we said that Kennedy had 
if not his best game for the football club, certainly his most influential. That was probably Silvati's best game. Oh, well, I was going to say the same thing. Uh, without, with, and if and if there is ever a a coming of age game, given that he's he's looked a gun like one of the serious elites in the eye and matched him and quelled him and and been able to be positive and generate mm. clearances and lay tackles and all that on his own, he was awfully stiff on that free kick where he was held. But he's oh the, yeah. The, the, yeah the first contest he had his arm around yes. the shoulder of the bloke that he was on and and it resulted in Matera ran you know he just cheated out the back but. He got it right that the free kick was to Frio is what resulted to one of the goals in the, in the, the goal, second one against quarter Fife as well. Yeah. Or the one on Fife, I should say Fife's holding him in the goal square. Yeah. So oh, well, he had him, I mean, a fistful of yeah. jumper. I mean, but again, players like Nate Fife don't get that free kick paid against them. Not it at just, all. That, just they, doesn't happen. They so. get that they get that legends they, latitude. They, they get because they're so because again, we always say an umpire looks at it and go, Who's supposed to win that contest? Fife's supposed to win that contest, so therefore if he wins it. You need I, I don't players, need to penalise him you need because players, he was supposed to win it. You need players who are in that category. Yeah. Like Richmond, have a, when, they're, when they're at full strength, and not just because they're a good team, but they've got a few players who umpires would look at like that. And in key positions, they sit there and go, well, Dusty's probably not going to – oh, Rant's probably not going to – yeah, so oh, you Tom can get away with Tom a bit Lynch of a push. Tom Lynch is the four, a, he's going for the push ball. Push and hold. And, yeah, he's Whereas nice at the footballer. moment, we only really have Crips. Yep. And even then, geez, they love playing a free kick against Prince. So, um, um, but the goal by Jasos, I've always said I thought I think that he can kick the footy, and he kicked seven in the national under eighteen championships for Vic Metro in Perth, ironically, mm. um, and um, and I think his mechanics are really really good. It just he always seems to find a way to just miss to the right or just miss to the less left. He he doesn't have a howl of the way that Levi can when he misses big time. He just sometimes doesn't quite nail it. Um, and I don't, you, you don't get to see it on the, on, on the television. The mark that Jasos takes, he marks it, and then he has the back to the umpire, and Fife keeps on running, and I swear to God, where Jack lines it up from, he should have been about 10 metres further around. He was pushed onto a, a sharper angle than he should was have. He? There you go. Purely because of Fife's smarts and serious Fife's, ineptitude. Fife's not going to lie. Yeah, the, just the ineptitude of the umpire. Fife's, Fife's because if you look at where Lockie O'Brien's kick lands, it is 10 metres inside the boundary. Absolutely. And then Sauce nails it basically from He's the paint. on the boundary line. He's You're on going, the paint, what the fuck's yeah. going on here? So we were watching it and it was down our end. So we had the perfect view of it. And you've gone, why the hell is he on that much of an angle? And then I turned to one of the boys next to me. I said, he can kick this. And as soon as he That's hit, one of those comments that no one remembers if he does yeah, but he, at all. As, as, but most of those kicks, as soon as he hits it, and you, I always just watch the goal umpire, and the goal umpire was never moving. And at that point, at that point you Loved thought, it. we are in this. And something that, before we move off Jack, something that Fab's been pretty big on in the, in the recent past when defending Silvani's honour, not just as an Italian, but as a Carlton footballer, <laughs> is that, um, and you were speaking, we spoke about it earlier in the week, where for some reason, Jack Silvani's the only fourth-round draft pick in the history of the AFL... To be scrutinised. ...that he's scrutinised as a first-round draft pick. Correct. You sit there and go... That's exactly what he, he was. He picked 53 or something. Three or five or something You like sit there that. and go, what are we expecting from a kid who's picked 53, who's played his 50-odd games um, in a really ordinary team? He's played in a couple of different positions across the ground. He's probably been asked to play you know, forward during a time which we don't create many entries, we don't create many opportunities, we don't lock the ball in. And then now he's getting a little bit of a shot at mid... And he sort of looks all right. He's Patrick Ambrose. But if you see... If Jack Silvani is Patrick Ambrose, and na- Patrick Ambrose is a dead set nobody. What's a really common Italian name, Fab? What, first name? Surname. Oh, well, it's like the Italian Smith. Mazzarella. Yeah, if he was Jack Mazzarella, 
you'd sit there and go, oh, he's developing all right. Matza. Sorry. <laughs> Karate. That's right. Jack Karate. Right. <laughs> Matza means shit, doesn't it? No. Jack Dolmio. That's what you're saying. Yeah, no. I'd, I'd stop. I'd stop. <laughs> uh, but no. So, but one thing I actually caught my eye in, in terms of this, this recent run, um, I went back through and had a very, very quick look at a very simple stat. Shots at goal under um, Brendan Bolton. Uh, generally speaking, that to me is something that is always a good indication of how you're playing and how competitive you are in a particular game. So under Brendan Bolton, the shots on goal um, round by round. Um I think that's why we might have said it. I said went it. to uni with a bloke whose surname was Mazzarella. That's where it came so from. So Fabian is just – Fabian, that. I don't know why Fabian didn't say it on, no, no, on the no, microphone. No, no, no. In, in like a dialect, like a – Sicilian? My mum my mum listens to this podcast. Let's, let's, well, if she, we've said well, Mazzarella. She knows what it means already. She speaks Italian. we've just been told that Mazzarella means big cock. <laughs> no, no, no. <laughs> so Jack no. Big Cock. Anyway, the point I'm trying to make, under Brendan Bolton, shots at goal. Negative eight, negative six, plus one. Ooh, is that a, is that a one? There's a weird there. plus one, negative two, plus four, negative five, negative eight, negative four. GWS was a bad one. We had twenty eight fewer shots on goal. Shot. Uh, negative nine, negative six. So in eleven games, we had more shots on goal than our opponent twice. Wowzers. Resulting obviously in ten losses. Under Teague, we're plus five, negative three, and plus four. And the negative three were in a three-point loss. Yep. Um, and as I said, I always just think that's a really good indicator of how competitive you are on the day. Yep. And we've under Teague, we've had two wins and yep. probably could have won a third. Yeah. Really. Um, and that, to me, leads this following question. Is he becoming a candidate? Or do we feel enough distance from it to not to not put him in the in the running just yet? The philosophical question I ask is, has the success been releasing the pressure that the players were feeling under Bolton and would anyone have done it? Or does David Teague have I think the knack, look, the I th- touch, the feel? I, I think know. if you look at ultimately in an unsuccessful year, his work at um, Adelaide in 2017, he certainly had a knack for scoring, scoring, yep. which is encouraging and that's something that we haven't been able to do really for six, seven, eight years. And they yeah. haven't been able to do... Since his departure. True. Adelaide's true. It's very true. He, to me, it feels like, and reshaws like this as well, when I see, um, you know, John John Longmire being very, very heavily linked with North Melbourne, and obviously had that classic slip of the tongue on, oh, on AFL amazing? 360, which was just tremendous. I'll be coaching uh, North uh, Sydney next year. I'm contracted to North Sydney. Yeah. Um, he's been in the system now as a coach at, at assistant and senior level for 18 years. You're looking at Teague and, and Reese, who are, much, much newer to the Cape than that. The game moves pretty quickly. We saw that Mick Malthouse in this case, in the space of three or four years, went from, dinosaur. went from the best coach in the competition. Yep. Uh, to irrelevant. From 10 and 11 with Collingwood to just being, it's gone past you. Yeah. And it happened very, very quickly. It happened with Pagan too. It happened with Pagan. It happens with everyone. Time waits, you know, Creed. Time waits Creed, for no man. Fabian, uh, time is the undefeated champion. Absolutely. Time beats everyone. And I'm just sitting there thinking, <clears throat> does David Teague represent... That next crop. Maybe. Does Reshaw represent that next crop? And is it better getting on board someone like that? Like Longmuir has been mentioned. There was someone else mentioned today. In that assistant, for us? Nathan Bassett. Nate's brother. Troy Longmuir played for us. Justin Longmuir played for Freya. Number 21? Uh, I don't know. Pick two, Long though he was. Is he the one who kicked no, the goal out, from the boundary Longmuir. and then jumps into oh, the ground? Oh, our one. Yeah, yeah, Yes. For Freya. Yes, yes. Justin Longmuir did. Yes. Our Longmuir, I think. 
how long you actually had a little bit of ability. He had a he was very long kick for yeah, goal. He had a little bit of ability, but um, and that's the thing with that next case. And I'm just sitting there. I think a lot of Carlton people are probably it'll take a little bit more from David to put to his name into yep. contention. And yep. it's not that he's not doing a good job. Everyone to a man would agree he's doing a good Look, job. Our next, our next four games gives him a hell of an opportunity if, and, our, if our kid sees it. And this is it. And this is what I'm going to say. Obviously disappointing for David and for the club, really, that it looks like we're going to be without certainly without Charlie for the next three or four. Harry's a bit of an unknown at groin tightness. Cripper remains a bit of an unknown. He misses this week. He's not in the team. But you sit there and go, Melbourne this week is a big chance. And then beyond that, Sydney, if Sinclair's out particularly, yeah. he's a guy that always plays well against us, is a big chance. You start looking at these games thinking, we could go from one win in 12 to five or six. And that not only that, fuck, gee, that gets us off the bottom and that gets us far enough away from that Adelaide pick. And then all of a sudden the trade isn't horrendous. It's not horrendous. And, it, and if Adelaide don't pull their shit together and again, and I keep on saying they still only kick 10 goals on the weekend, so they're not... They're not convincing whatsoever. So they are, they're in, they're, and that they're buys precarious. Him, that buys him a bit more credit. And, and, and they're not going to go any higher. That That's it's, the thing. They're as high as they're going to be right now. They can only fall and and we can only rise. And I'm just, I've just got a, a sneaky suspicion we're going to finish it off really, really well. Even the the funniest thing is the final round of the year, we played Geelong and Geelong, and you're going, well, we're going to get pantsed in that game. They might not have anything to play for. Well, this is it. They might be three games clear on top of the ladder. Adelaide have got an easy run home. I'm going to win them. Yeah, they're going to win them. Yeah. Easy run home. Hopefully it, it starts this week. Yeah. But anyway, for, like, if we win and we take care of business, The biggest game of the of the year is, is, Adelaide. is when we play Adelaide. Yeah. And I'm not, just talking, I'm not just talking from our point of view, yeah. from is it their here? point of view. It's here. Beautiful. I'm not talking just from the two clubs' point of view, but from a morbid curiosity in oh, the yeah. league. Oh, yeah. Absolutely. It's a blockbuster. Yep. Can I, can, I just, can I just make one more comment on the game? Yes. On the AFL website, every Monday morning, they, they have a segment where they talk about nine things we learnt from, from the weekend. It's a weird number. Well, but nine teams. you take one thing yeah, out of each nine of the games. games. I know that. But so I, you focus on one team. I now, just say things we learnt. Now, I've got – I walked away from the game and to me there was one clear story. And the staff writers at AFL, what they were able to glean from that game, Sean, was if um, – that fat bloke McCarthy, what's his first name? Cam. Cam. If Cam McCarthy kicks it well, he kicks it beautifully. But if he can be more involved and be more consistent, or no, he needs to be more consistent to pay back Fremantle and what they've invested to that get their him across. only takeaway from our game. That was their only takeaway. Extraordinary. And you sit there, and to me, the obvious takeaway was Ed Kerno's given his first opportunity to be able to captain his football side. And he pulls out a performance like that, and and to watch him around the ground, the way that his rapport with the players. My takeaway, and, and, the, and just the very last thing, and, and again, they're not going to see this, but at the end of the game, all the players congregated just before they're about to go out the race. There was one bloke that wasn't in the group, and it was Ed Kerno, and he was on the other side of the ground, running around the boundary line, high fiving every single. It was after he did his fox. Yeah, Fox Footy interview. And it was awesome. And you just sort of thought, gee, this kid's My take just away, really enjoyed it. I reckon it would have been very much along those lines. It would have flowed down. It would have been, without Crips, we weren't given a hope. We said it, we joked about it here last week. Well, I said there I wanted a refund. It's disappointing he's not playing. But the knock was, well, Carlton won't win without Crips. Yep. Carlton can't win without Crips. Yep. They're not going to do it. And Samo was great. Walsh was great. Murph was great. Kerno was great. 
that midfield brigade that's so heavily maligned and, and criticised of having no depth. Yep. Um, all stood up and, and went head to head with, uh, you know, three old missing Stephen Hill. You know, you count him, of course, but they still had Mundy, Fife, Brad Blake, Hill, Blakely, Blakely. You know, all those. Um, they had Walters who shouldn't uh, be. Ed, Ed, Chera, Ed Langdon, Chera, Ed yeah, Langdon, Chera, yeah, uh, Bra- Brayshaw, etc. So all those guys went head to head with this this Docker midfield, which many people would have said on paper has our measure, and. Our boys came out on top. Well, they had our measure when we played them last time. And oh, they were, wow, that was embarrassing. That, that's the worst game of football we ever played under Bolton, in Wowza. my opinion. That was awful. Yeah. Um, was that, were we like 70 points at halftime? We, we'd kick seven behinds at halftime. Yeah, it was wow. reprehensibly bad. But that, that would have been my takeaway. It flowed on the point. It's unbelievable game. So, But I've said this on Twitter today, actually, to someone that, unfortunately, Carlton, live in, we live in, the, in this vacuum whereby people in the media were either youngish when we were a good team and therefore hate us, or they're newer blood, and we've only ever been bad. Yeah. So they don't want us to be good. Yeah. That's bad. It, suit, it suits them both, for us to be bad. Both sides of the narrative. Your more established journos don't want us to be good. Yep. And your well, younger guys that for a while. And your younger younger guys have never seen us be good. Yep. And it takes a bit to. That was like me growing up with like the Saints. Oh yeah. Absolutely. Saints were never any good. So yep. you're sitting there going, oh, still, the? still should is. They had a good patch there a couple of times. Um, so this week, look, we we take on. Um, Melbourne, and it's a massive test for me just because of a couple of other good performances. Um, we've not really rocked up the next week, or we've let a winnable game slip. So we did it obviously just with against, attitude. With attitude, yeah. we did it against Hawthorne following the Bulldogs win, um, and then we obviously did it with the Bulldogs following the Brisbane win. Well, Hawthorne, we, we jumped out to a six goal lead. That was, was the injuries that got a hold of us. Tim, don't even get me started. People talk about Gold Coast. The Hawthorne loss was the worst loss of the year. Oh, yeah, that was the one that we should have. Put them away far, far earlier than we did. It's shameful. So um, we're going to go quickly through. But at least it wasn't, atti- it wasn't attitude at the beginning of the game, which has been Stop our problem in a lot of others. It's just attitude at the end of the game. Yeah. Um, we're going to go through uh, the just the round. Have you got that up to you, uh, Fab, or yep. are you going to yep, do that? Yeah, i got it. So oh, you want, am I, do I have the honours? Yeah. Okay. What's Four the score? Uh, Fab, 79. Tim, 70. Sean, 74. Fab, 79. Sean, what? 74. I've pulled from 13 behind to within nine. Who tipped us last week? That would be you. Yeah, but sometimes you do that to play with the lead. No, I'll Give us the teams, mate. Well okay, done, Hawthorne, Collingwood. In, Mitchell Lewis, one player, and Ben Stratton. Out, Jonathan Segler omitted and Dylan Moore. Collingwood, Isaac Quainor. Like you. You liked him. Yeah, Beverly Hills boy. Uh, Jamie Elliott and Jamie Joins H. a long list of Beverly Hills legends to play AFL football. Out. Trav Varco omitted. Ben Reed injured. He's cooked. And Shock. Levi Greenwood injured. Who you got, boys? Collingwood. 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 I said it last week. I didn't have the plums. Didn't They'll... have the plums yeah. to tip the pies. You, 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 you... But I was on the money. You yeah. hit it perfectly. You just didn't have the, the guts to... I He's said, like, slap him down, mate. Slap him down. It's, it's been coming for six weeks. Yeah. That performance. Oh, totally. And everyone says, oh, this, you know, it's been coming for a while. Blah blah blah. That is what they needed. They needed not to lose. They didn't oh, think it's I disagree. And I reckon they'll come out. I, I almost disagree. I think this week's a bit of a layup, but I think that in general, Collingwood. Yeah, Hawthorne shit. I think. No, Colling- I actually think it's still a danger game because I reckon nah, Clarkson's co- coaching yeah, quite but well. I think that Collingwood. Um, West Coast beaten by a goal. Collingwood had plenty of wake-up calls without the loss. Yeah, and they still didn't do anything about it. And they still didn't it. do anything about it. So are they in a position where they can turn it around or are they just off? I hope they don't. I agree. Next game, Essendon versus Sydney, MCG. Shit on, on it. Uh, Zach Clark, Jack Stringer, Matt oh. Guelphie. And Flash. Kyle Langford, who, what, what, what was he, where did he go in the draft, Timbo? 
about 14. He was yeah, certainly well, first rounder. Everyone worries about Jack Silvani. He and Laverde were both first rounders. He was the first one taken yeah, of the well, two. How are they going in comparison to Jack Silvani? Um, Jack Silvani is tearing them a new arsehole yeah. right now. Uh, Tom Belchamp is <laughs> out. Well, not literally. <laughs> and Josh Begley omitted. Zach in Clark gets another opportunity. Well, in for the Sydney Swans, Harry Cunningham, and out is Callum Sinclair injured. No ill will to Callum. I hope he recovers following next week. Correct. Oh, he's not coming back with a. He's got to have surgery on a shoulder that's. I hope that shoulder is cherry ripe after we three play weeks. You. The MCG worries me a bit, but I'll still go for the Bombers. Yeah, I got the Bombers. Bombers. Suns versus Richmond at Metricon Saturday afternoon. In have a crack at that name, Fab. Jacob Heron. Not that one. And Josh Corbett. Out, Will Brody omitted and Corey Ellis omitted. Oh, Jesus. In, Derek Egmolesi-Smith. And out, Josh Caddy injured. Well done. Why, why don't Richmond do a show on there called Caddy Shack? Or Caddy's Shack? I was thinking that the other. Surely Gold Coast, Geelong or Richmond have done that. Surely. Which is just him at the, one of his teammates' house or something. It's an obvious one, isn't it's it? It's so obvious it has to have been. He done. may have zero personality, though, too. Surely. He seems like he's got a bit of. He seems yeah, like I reckon he's, got he's a actually okay. Yeah. Tips. Uh, uh, well, Richmond, clearly. Richmond. Tigers by plenty. Yeah, absolute thumping. Adelaide versus Power. Now, why the hell is this not a Friday night or a Saturday night game? Tell me about it. It's a 4.05 game on a Saturday afternoon. It's in the dead slot. It's horrendous. In, David Mackay, Wayne Malera, and Josh Jenkins. Out, Ben Davis, Tim's mate. Bryce Agib Bryce omitted Agib. and Elliot Himmelberg omitted. Before you go to Port Adelaide, I just want to make a point here. Everyone's heard the scuttlebutt and everyone's heard the rumour about Bryce Agib. You know, he's a gambling and that stuff. I like Agib. I like Agib. Everyone's heard that rumour. It's been doing the rounds forever and it's tiring. Is it true? Is it not true? Whatever. Watching him play last Friday night, I thought to myself, you look like someone, you just don't look like yourself. He's, he's, he is experiencing zero joy right now. You just, you just don't look like we watched you play two hundred odd games, and never once did you look like that. And you yeah. didn't, you know, you didn't always have great days. And we yeah, love but you, and 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 you know, we miss you. But at the same time, I'm sitting there thinking, mate, if you do have something going on with your life, if it, if it is this gambling thing, come out and say. Part of me said, thought, have a sit down with the Addy. Yeah. You know, have a sit down with Fox. Could have been Michelangelo Rucci's final. Could have been Rucci's sign off. Yeah. But I just thought to myself. No one's going to like judge you as such, but you no. just look like a guy who's so burdened. Well, at least everybody would say that makes sense. That makes now. sense. That's it. Yeah. And just rather than it just be this big, big, you know, this cyclone is just gathering momentum, or snowball, I should say. Sorry, gathering momentum, gathering momentum. Is this the reason? Is that the cause? Is this happening? Whatever. You sit there going, mate. If it's what everyone's talking about already, just do a thing. Do it tactfully on your terms. Come out and say Un- it. Unburden yourself. Unburden yourself. Mm. Because you're better, you, you're such a, a a much better footballer than we're seeing at the moment. Totally. Everyone knows that. Totally, I'd still have him back. Okay, so would I. Port Adelaide in Tom Rockliffe, Carl Amon, Doogie Howser, MD, um, Justin Westhoff. Still no um, uh, Panyota or Power Pepper. Willem Willem Drew omitted. Kane Farrell omitted. Joel Garner, Joel yeah, Garner omitted, and Peter Laddams. It's like when they used to let Sam Newman do the teams. On yeah, exactly right. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> Joel Garner, didn't he play for West Indies? Yes. Yeah, he did. He was six foot ten and black. He was good good. Despite is not. <laughs> okay. Who you got? Port. Yeah, Port play one on, one off. This is their week to be on. And I think... Uh, and yeah. Hinkley's lit the yeah, fire under yeah, Absolutely. Absolutely. 
if, if this is this is an elimination final, we we, na- we need we need Port to get. The oh, and I'm I'm not tipping them because I we obviously want Adelaide to lose, and you, you get that bias that you, you obviously mm. want them to lose. I just reckon, as Tim said, then Hinkley's if they if they have a bad first quarter, get the camera on Ken. Oh, at geez, the huddle because he's going to give a Barassi style yeah. spray. He, he, may, he may hit someone. They may. They. I reckon this will. This could be the most aggressive we see a team. People have been talking about North a lot lately. This could be the most aggressive we see a team all year. Fingers crossed. The rain holds off. Have you gone for which team? Port. Port. Uh, Fremantle versus West Coast. What do they call that? The Derby. Derby. The Derby. Travis Collier, Rory Lobb, Aaron Sanderlands, Mitchell Crowden. All in for the Fremantle Dockers. Out. Banfield, Bewley, Cox, and Sean Darcy. Managed Darcy. He did. He's probably got sore elbows from pushing Cruiser out. Two big ins. He's got chapped hands. Tom Barass. Pushing him in the back. Two big ins for West Coast. Tom Barass and Jeremy McCoy. Massive ins. Yes. Out Mark Hutchings and Will Schofield. Shall we? Uh, well, West that, Coast uh, by plenty. Yeah, yeah West Coast. Oh, easy. I, I think so. Next game on Saturday evening at Marvel Stadium, the Western Bulldogs versus Geelong in Toby McLean, out Caleb Daniel injured, and Geelong go in unchanged. Why would that? Where is it at? At Marvel. Marvel. Hayden Crozier plays game 100. I reckon the Cats. Did Hayden Crozier take like a ridiculous mark in the under-18s? Yes. Stood on a bike's head. At Subiaco. Really right, too. Or was it Eddie had? I'm pretty sure it was, I think it was left of screen at Subi. It's right of screen. No, it's left of screen. At right of screen, he took a mark in the AFL. We'll check that out later. <laughs> yeah. uh, I'm going to call an upset. I'm going for Western Bulldogs. Wow. Geelong. Oh, you, I always went cats. You need to start going for upsets, Tim. You're... I've just got a feeling. Blue Baggers versus Melbourne Mon- uh, Monday. Sunday, 1.10pm. Great time. MCG. Great time to go to the footy. Love Extended it. benches. Darcy Lang, Matthew Cottrell, who from all accounts has been lining it up in the twos. Andrew okay. Phillips, Alex Pasolo, and Hugh Goddard. Out Charlie. Could have been worse. So no oh, yeah. Paddy Cripps just yet. In for Melbourne, Jordan Lewis, Braden Pruce, Oscar McDonald, Corey Wagner, Josh Wagner, and Kyle Dunkley. Gone with a little bit of experience and a little bit of size. Pruce coming in makes you believe that obviously uh, Gorn's going to be a run to the wire. If you've traded a second-round draft pick for Braden Pruce and you've got Max Gorn and you haven't played him all year and Gorn's under any semblance of a, cloud. an injury cloud... The only thing I'll say to that, and I do agree with it, yeah. is that this is winnable for both teams. Oh, yeah, absolutely. And Melbourne are under a fair bit of pressure. We're under less pressure with Teague, but they would be sitting there like, oh, I was stunned that Sandilands didn't play last week. Or, yeah. Yeah, I thought I thought they were really about fifty percent. They were really but about they probably 60%. thought, how good do we need to be to be a Carlton with no Cribs? Well, I mean, that's admittedly, true. they pick their own team independent of knowing what our selections are. But yeah, out for the D's, Oscar Baker and Tim Smith. Who we got? <sighs> it's a tricky one without Cribs out there, and obviously McGovern. Sorry, uh, Kerno and, and Mackay won't be there as well. A little bit surprised at Paddy Kerr, but having seen Goddard there, I'd imagine that. Levi might go forward. Goddard might play back. Um, I want us to win. Really? <laughs> I'm going to tip Melbourne because I think Fab will tip Carlton and I need to make up ground. I'm prepared to risk this one. But I will, desperately, I want us to win. Timbo? It's hard. <laughs> You're in the same boat as me. Still doing the tips? Yeah. <laughs> uh, I'm going to do exactly what Sean did and I'm going to pick the Ds and hope I'm wrong. Blues by five goals. And I, nothing would please me more than if that was the case. Agreed. Agreed. 
Um, is there another game there, Fab? At Bloodstone, <laughs> sorry, <laughs> Bloodstone Arena, North Melbourne versus St. Kilda. How many bloody games are there? Jesus. Freezing cold conditions down in South Tassie. Uh, Paul Hearn, Curtis Taylor, Jamie McMillan, Tom Campbell, and Lockie Hosey. Out is, oh, I don't know, Hayden. I can't remember. He's Chiron. I'll just spell it properly. Jamie um, McMillan, Sands Pittard, needs Jasper. What's his name? Jasper. Jasper. No, this is Jamie McMillan. Oh, it's number not Jasper. 34. No, no, yeah, Jasper, Jasper McMillan Pittard. No, but didn't didn't he drop one of the names? He did. He dropped. Yeah, he's just he's Jasper. Pittard. Oh, he's just Pittard. Yeah, that's why it's confusing. Yeah. What happened to the McMillan? No longer in the picture. <laughs> All right, whatever. One day you'll just rock up to pot and drop one of yours, maybe. So I'm Sean Budge. Sean Budge. What's a favourite? Actually, Siri. Anyway. I say, hey Siri, call Sean Peter Budge. She goes, okay, calling Sean my, Budge. That's because you didn't have my name hyphenated, so it thought that Peter was a middle name. Fabian, obviously they don't have hyphens in Italy or something. You'd never heard of it. Um, in Jack Nunes, David Armitage, Nathan Brown, Sam Rowe. Rowie. So Rowie will play his 100th game if he gets in again. So extended bench. I reckon North Melbourne are an interesting team. Are you calling me, Sean? Sorry? What? No, you're I calling Siri, me. Siri, oh, Siri's <laughs> Sorry. Siri's just called me on behalf of Fabian. <laughs> okay, sorry. Um, North Melbourne are an interesting team at the moment, having watched them play a couple of times over the last few weeks. They are, they have been phenomenally hard at the contest, and that's something that's that's gotten them a lot of praise. It's not sustainable. It's not sustainable to play the, the brand of footy that they are. Super impressive against Collingwood, and super impressive <coughs> for the most part under under Reece Shaw. But that physicality that they've brought, they can't do it every week. You just can't do it. You get oh, banged I up. Oh, who are you tipping? I'm tipping the Saints. Timbo. Saints. I'm going with the Kangas because it's in that hellhole they call yeah. Bloodstone Arena. So, north for me. Final game of the round, GWS Giants versus the Brisbane Lions. Good game. Brisbane. Lockie Whitfield. <laughs> You're not going to do it? <laughs> Lockie Whitfield, Ian Hill, Jake Stein, Dawson Simpson, Matthew Flynn in. Shane Munford out injured. For the Brisbane Lions, in Josh Walker. You're not going to do it, are you? Nick Roberts, Robertson, Marcus Adams, Alex Witherden, Archie Smith are in. Out is Oscar McInerney. Still no uh, uh, Louis uh, Atena. <laughs> <laughs> so Sean wanted me to put an Asian accent on. No, hey, give the context. <laughs> I can't. Where we is were, we Jared were... Aberry? <laughs> 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 I can't. I can't. Sean and I, I don't know how we got on it. We started, we had a conversation as two Asian developers talking about the Brisbane Lions, uh, which basically was just, even though we were two separate people, it was always <laughs> the same person. It's the same person, but with Pete's, Pete's opinions. So effectively, a know, shout out to Pete, big Brisbane Lion. A Brisbane Lion. Brisbane Lion. <laughs> 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 yeah, pizza. He loves it. Loves Louis Taylor. So, yeah. um, still can't understand why he's not getting the game. <laughs> Louis I, may I, not be at Brisbane next year. I reckon it's the Sox. <laughs> Need that to pull it down a little. <laughs> <laughs> well, while you guys compose yourself, um, I, I watched a fair bit of the Brisbane Melbourne game the last Brisbane week. Brisbane <laughs> And Brisbane were not that impressive to me, so I am... How I, about the form of Erica Hipwood? I am all over the Giants. Uh, <laughs> they can't help themselves. Those are five goals in purple patch. Oh. Hey, just quite Oscar McInerney, when he got hit last week, have you seen a bloke get hit harder? 
like just flushed in the face as what he was. He was unlucky. He was, cool. he was awfully unlucky. Yeah. Um, he was out before he hit the ground, I reckon. Unfortunately for Mr. Chen and uh, Peter, I'm going to tip the GWS. Uh, yeah, I, I look. Good ins for, for Brisbane. Um, Alex Witherden, very good player. Um, overrated. Ooh. Playing a soft, easy roll off halfback. Oh, dearie, dearie me. He's, no, no, he is one of those players. Tell us what you really think. No, he is. No, this is this is an opinion. He'll be a very good footballer. He's going to sleep with the lights on. No, no, is he? he's he's going to be a very good footballer. But he is one of those guys that's been afforded playing a very very soft, easy role, and his entree into football uh, has been. He's the Jason Cloak. He's a little bit Jason Cloak, mm. and and what is he also a beneficiary of? Super coach football, you're a rookie who comes in, you put up good numbers, people get excited about you, and they think, and it means because he gets a good average, that he's actually a really, really good player. And this season, he's come come right back to the field. He will be good, but he's not as good as people give him credit for. Next meeting of Vic Rhodes between Pete and Timbo isn't going to be as... uh... Frosty. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Yeah, the Giants. Good stuff. That's the tips for this week. So we've got a couple of points. I think Tim and I are the same. From a look, I oh know cats and bulldogs. We've got a couple of points of difference there, um, which we could see close the gap or or, or uh, lengthen it out there. Which we'll wait and see on that. Did you two want to do a really quick rundown of the NBA free agency movings and shakings? There's only really one huge story, and that's that KD and Kyrie have decided to team up At in Brooklyn. Brooklyn. Has that been confirmed? Confirmed. Yep. Done. Like official, official. Nah, uh, well, they become official on paperwork the sixth, hasn't been like lodged. Two so time. Kyrie obviously goes to Brooklyn. They're not going to back out. KD won't play for pretty much the whole season. Yep, uh, it's an interesting move. What what the biggest the biggest move out of the lot of it is obviously what nine months ago, New York Knicks facilitated a trade to move Kristaps Porzingis out to free up the salary cap to for this grand plan of of a of a rebuild. They could have rebuilt behind Porzingis, mm. but they've ultimately said seven foot four bloke done a knee, you know, is this the bloke, you know, is there a risk associated here? Should we be, be a bit bolder? And this this is a team that has been like their management at board level and everything just disgusting. They, I don't they, mind they, the, they I fucked don't, it up every see, single this time. Thing. This is the thing. I don't mind the risk. I don't mind them looking at it saying, the first piece we have to do is the move is this. Yep. But if that happens, the rumour coming out, and I saw you know, Stephen A. Smith was really funny as when he talked about the Knicks, he's great. But <laughs> when you refuse to offer KD a max contract, yeah. well, just, someone else will. Yeah. yeah, especially when you're in that predicament. It's just dumb. Do you know what I mean? They it's, had to save face look at, somehow. Look at, the, look at the, the Warriors have paid Clay the max, and I reckon that's more – he's coming off an ACL. And they've well, left no, no room to kind you're, of... You're, when you say that, a friend of mine did his Achilles playing indoor soccer. Yep. And he did the classic. He was rolling on the ground accusing players of kicking him. And his mate went up to him and said, you just fell over. Yeah, anyway. There was no one behind you. But he said, he goes, oh, he goes, I had the surgery done. Yeah, it's incredibly debilitating and you rehab it. And when it gets stronger and better, he goes, no, the doctor said you can never do that again. You, your Achilles will never tear again. Yeah. He basically said, don't worry about doing it again and having to change. It's not like an ACL. He said it's not like an ACL. He goes, goes the way they surgically they repair it, he goes, you can't, you can tear the other one, clearly. Mm. He goes, but that one, he goes, you're you're fine. Yeah. And you very rarely see players do, they never do for that reason. Well, and I thought that the other day too, you know, some of the players that we've seen do Achilles, you know, you're right. I don't, 
They do in a, living memory. They rehab it. They come remember back. a bloke that's retorn an Achilles. Yeah, spot on. And the thing, look, the disappointing thing for me. Once again, I don't follow the NBA, but there's something romantic about and. Carlton's a little bit like this to an extent, but the New York Knicks, and, and I thought, and I've said this on pod before, that to me, LeBron should have gone there when he went to Miami. Yeah. But then he, the, the P, he needed, one, one, he needed one to win a title. Pieces, one of the three pieces was already, was already there. I get that, yeah. but at the same time, you, you win you you win something in New York. And my pitch, oh, we, we speak absolutely. about pitch to Carlton, I'd be sitting there talking to these free agents as the Knicks and saying, you're the biggest show in town. In the biggest city in the world, you're the biggest show in town. It just means more. Yeah. Well, the the way that the Knicks have played it, they they created so much space, and and the expectation was they were going to get two super maxes. They were going to have RJ Barrett. You know, they all they were hoping always to get Zion with pick one. It didn't play out their way, but they got nothing Barrett. Wrong, which nothing is good. wrong with Barrett. Nothing wrong with Barrett. But then with all this space, when they missed on KD and Kyrie Irving. They've sitting there. They've now added Reggie Bullock. Um, I want to say Clinton Portis, but he's uh, what's his name? Bobby Portis. Bobby Portis. Um, Taj Gibson. Nick Bob, Chubb. Bobby, Bobby Portis punched. He punched uh, Nikola Mirotic in the face. He did. His te- last teammate. Yeah. Oh. You, you, um, you look like a. And, Ju- like and Julian Randall. So they've like what they they've spent big money. To get four middle band players. How many years have they put on that? It's, Hopefully, it's one just... year with a second year option. Yeah. So, so it can only be a one year thing. So they'll have money next year. But as they keep on saying, next year's free agency pool is not as like skinny as skinny. This yeah. was the year. This was the they had to reload now, and it and that's, just didn't the disappointing happen. thing is, as I just go back on on my point a little bit, is just that you know you play out of the garden, and there's if you can make it work in New York. It's, it's, it's a if I can make it there, I can make, make it, it anywhere. anywhere. But there's a romanticism just to this this idea I'm, of no doubt. you bring them back from the brink. The worst thing to happen you know, to New York Saviour to the to the um, to the Knicks is Brooklyn's been revitalised. Got a new yeah. stadium, right? The stadium's the amazing. Area, the actual but suburb, the actual area, the yeah. suburb, it's it's gentrification. It's now it's hip. It's modern. That's it's where you want to be. Well, it took a hell of a stride on Monday morning. I can assure you of that. So it's. What does it mean for KD's? I hate the Americans love it. The legacy. If he delivers a, a chip with a dip, chip with a dip. Yeah. He shout wants out, his chip with the drink. Well, he, he's gone to a non-traditional. He has power, but, but you sit there and go, "It's your third team." Well, yeah. now, now he's got to deliver. He, he yeah. he's not relying on Irving. It's it's a genuine one-two punch. He doesn't. He doesn't sort of. Um, I'm just trying to blank on the word. He like LeBron. Sort of transcends the sport, yeah, and it doesn't really matter. LeBron could play for fucking every team yeah. in the league, and it sort of doesn't really, whatever, because he's gone to the Lakers as that final stop. Yeah. So does you would imagine. So who is is it? What, what? Are you off that topic now? You're going to talk about Kawhi? What's happening with? Yeah, and I'm just saying Kawhi. So I just quickly had a look. He still hasn't made his decision. So it's Jalen Rose today said 99 percent certainty stays at Toronto for a two years. So he's met with three, two teams. And has a final interview with Toronto. So he's met with the Lakers, met with the Clippers, and given Toronto what a writer reply, final writer reply, whatever yeah, final presentation. So whatever. D'Angelo Russell's gone from the Nets to Golden State. To Golden State. So, mm. so which is fascinating because he's a point guard, and they've got Steph Curry, who's a point guard. Mm. Who may push out? Do you push him out to a shooting guard, yeah, or do you yeah, make yeah. D'Lo your shooting guard? Everyone. To me, it doesn't make sense to yeah, me. Yeah, but now the NBA, everyone just plays every position. D-Lo. That's true. 
D-Lo. D-Lo Brown, former wrestler, European champion. Don't know D-Lo. Mid to late 90s WWF. I know Leroy Brown. Can I ask you one question? Please. With a... With the the uh, rider being, you have to have played a minimum of two hundred and fifty career NBA games. Mm-hmm. Which player has the highest winning percentage of all time? Someone Looney at GW Golden State. Is it Kevon Looney? No, it's not Kevon Looney. What a get that would have been. Have the to play win- minimum of two hundred two hundred and fifty games. The winningest player in NBA history. Kawhi. Kawhi. Kawhi Leonard. Sean gets his own column on the quiz. <laughs> are we done with the NBA? We are done. We're still sort of waiting. A few more things are going to obviously come across yeah. by the 6th. So, so next week we probably have a, a much more comprehensive overview of what's going on. Two months from the NFL. Two months, yeah, we'll start. Exciting. We'll probably wait six or so weeks to do a preview on that. Probably only a couple of weeks from the Tour de France. Too. We are too. We're not far away from that. And the Ashes. And the Ashes. Fab's very, very excited oh, about like that. You just, I'm going to lose so much sleep. Are we ready for the quiz? Oh, born ready. Fab... I was thinking about boycotting. Fab, you've got to bounce back. Tim's taken four quizzes in a row. Yeah, well, you know. This is for You the... and Tim are like the Harlem Globetrotters giving each other alley-oops. Are you shitting me? Anyway, we ready for the quiz? I'm ready. Born ready. Question number one. Are we f- buzzing in? Or... No, so Sorry. There, I've decided to it's... revamp this week. There oh. are steals available. Steals. So in your personal questions, you get five questions each. If you get the question wrong, your opponent can steal for the point. Love cool. it. For one point. Sweet. Okay, Fabian, your first question. Here we go. Directed by Sam Raimi and starring Tobey Maguire, the original Spider-Man was released in what year? 2001. Incorrect. Two thousand. Incorrect. Two thousand and two. Ah, it's going to go the other one. one what did it accomplish? Uh, what did it accomplish on its release, Fab? It was the highest grossing. It was the first film to eclipse $100 million in three days of release. Uh, made $114 million, and that record stood for four years, I think. Um, now it gets broken a bit more regularly, but it won't Bro- get broken in any... Broken by Aquaman. Uh, well, in real life, it was broken by Pirates of the Caribbean, Dead Man's Chest. But anyway... That's an entourage reference, Tim. Watch it. What a, what a great <laughs> one. Film. And I, the, obviously, the Spider-Man questions, I saw Spider-Man Far From Home. Um, this Good. Week. Loved it. Loved it. Loved Good. it. Great fun. Question number one for you, Timbo. Yes. Peter Parker works freelance for this newspaper in the Spider-Man universe. <laughs> First thing that came to mind was the Daily Planet, but I know it's not that. That's a brothel. <laughs> it is too. Put him on the clock. Come on. Quick quiz. Put him on the clock. Yeah. Spider-Man Far From Home. Very good fun, I, I by the way. I cannot believe that I'm... That's one of my favourite Marvel cinematic so I used to love. I used to love the cartoon. Aunt May... See, J. Jonah Jameson, editor-at-large. Yeah, that's what I was just thinking, J. Jonah Jameson. Come on. And his little mate. What was his little mate? Did he have a mate? No, I can't remember. He had like a I would have been ball. put on the clock with you gibbering in my ear. Five, four... Oh, I'm going to say The Observer. Incorrect. Fabian, can you steal? The Daily Bugle. The Daily Bugle is correct. Fabian, That'd be steal. why The Daily Planet kept on coming inside my well, head. I mean, it's Superman too. Fabian loves the quiz now. He's on the board. Question number two for you, Fabian. Oh, shit. Yep. Women's world number one, Ash Barty, got her Wimbledon campaign off to a winning start with a straight set victory in round one. What country was her opponent from? Great Britain. Incorrect. Timbo? My girl Zheng from China. She was from China. 
Saisi Zeng from China. Um, Question number two for you, Timbo. Joe Wilfried Songer made light work of Bernard Tomic in their first round meeting, beating the Queenslander in how many minutes? I'm going to go with 90. Incorrect, Fabian, for the steal? 80. Incorrect, 58. 58 minutes. Are you sure? I really thought it was 90. 58 minutes. Can we check that? Bernard wasn't trying very hard. Yeah, we can check. We can just shoot the breeze while we check. No, 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 no. You keep going. Well, okay. Um, question number three. I, I just if I get it right, I get it. Right. Yeah, if you get it right, you get the point. Question number three for you, Fabian. Max Verstappen won the Austrian Grand Prix for the second consecutive year on Sunday night. Honda's first race uh, win as an engine supply since twenty uh, two thousand six. From what position did Max Verstappen start the race? Ninth. Incorrect. Timbo for the steal. Did he drop to ninth? I don't think he dropped to ninth. He came from sixth. Incorrect. He started the race second, having qualified third. Um, uh, Lewis Hamilton qualified second but had a penalty, so he dropped uh, He dropped back. Um, so here you go. Bernard Tomic explains 58-minute flop. There you go. Done. You had me questioning myself. No, I, I honestly, I thought I'd read it. Let's move on. Question Timbo's number three question. for Timbo. What is the name of the track used to stage the Austrian Grand Prix. Fabian. No, I don't know it. Don't know it? Assen. No, that's in Holland, I think. Is That's where they had the motorcycles yes. the other day, wasn't it? Yes. Damn it, I was watching it. Fabian, for your second steal. Nah, no. Don't have it? No. Don't even want to hazard a guess? Mm, no. The Red Bull Ring in Austria. I would have actually accepted... Is it in Salzburg? Uh, no, I would have actually accepted the A1 ring if you came up with that as well, but uh, that's fine. We don't have to do that. The white hot ring. <laughs> that's me after I have burritos. <laughs> Question number four for you, Fabian. Ed Kerno wrote himself into the record books on Sunday. How many clearances did number 35 for the Blues win? Now, the bad news is Tim mentioned this number earlier. Fucking hell, that's bad news. So he knows it if you don't. 19? Incorrect, Timbo, for the point. Uh, he had 16, and he, he records 8th highest of all time. You even had the little note I put there. Only 8 uh, times has that been bettered. He was equal with the... You know, Who's the number one? Uh, Paul Salmon. Correct. With? 22. Correct. Excellent. Nicely are, are you, you quizmaster or...? Question number 4 for Tim Bow in Score Carlton's check. win. 2-1 to Tim. Shit. In Carlton's win against Fremantle, how many players kicked multiple goals for the Blues? Matty Kennedy kicked two. Murphy obviously kicked one. Jay Sauce. How, how many goals do we kick? Bearing in mind, you don't have to give me the names. No, I understand this is a little bit uh, Fabian-esque from last week. <laughs> <laughs> Where he could only name three and went for six. He's <laughs> 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 turned into the fucking Riddler. <laughs> You're a dickhead. SPS kicked one. Got to need an answer from you, Timbo. Come on, Tim. Got to need an answer. I'm going to go with one. Correct. Matty Kennedy, our only multiple... I I just couldn't... There was nothing else coming to me. Kicked two goals. Two were massive goals for... uh, That's a shame, Fabian. Matty Kennedy. (laughs) Question number five for you, Fabian. The Nathan's Hot Dog Eating Competition will be held today. Far out. In New York... There's an ESPN 30 for 30 documentary I was trying to to download it. it today. I was trying to download it. It's called The Good, The Bad, The Hungry, and I was trying to download it. It's not online yet, so I need to hunt it down. I will give it to you, Tim, when uh, 
when I do find it. The Nathan's Hot Dog Eating Competition was held today at this famous New York tourist spot. Coney Island. Coney Island is correct. Talk about a fucking layup. (laughs) 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 He had that ready for Tim. That's hilarious. He He claimed it himself. Question number five for you, Timbo. Yep. American hero Joey Chestnut's longtime legendary hot eating eat hot dog eating rival is this man. I knew, I knew this was going to be the question. I knew this was going to be the question. Do you know the answer? He's Japanese. Mm-hmm. <laughs> oh, do you have no answer for the question, Timbo? <laughs> it's not Louis Taylor. Ah, <laughs> <laughs> oh, is it uh, Jared Aberry? Mr. Chen is uh, not Japanese, by the way. Don't have to buzz you out, Timbo. No, I'm just I'm running Five, with Hishiyama, Hirohito, four, Yokohama, three, <laughs> any more two, Ichi. Yeah, one, it's not coming to it's me. It's not coming to you. Kobayashi. Yeah. Kobayashi. No. I don't get the steal. No, oh, you don't. Oh, shit. No, you don't. He was never going to say you Kobayashi. Gonna get Kobayashi. I just saw, I saw the documentary, the, the preview. Shit. That's why I've I, just robbed did I not of an raise the documentary. You raise the document. I need to get a bonus question if if I'm bullshit. When was the fir- I- when was what year did Joey Chestnut first beat Kobayashi? There's a question for you. 2005. Incorrect. It's 2007. Anyway, fast money now. Timbo leads three to two. Oh, yeah, because yeah, he got the layup, didn't he? I know. Yeah. Fast money. Fast money is all about Wimbledon this weekend. Obviously, with Wimbledon having started, so uh, all ten questions about Wimbledon. We ready to go? You got to do your buzzers. What's your buzzer? For? I don't know anything about fucking tennis. Oh, is my okay. buzzer. What's yours, Timbo? Strawberries. Strawberries. What food do we traditionally? Strawberries. Thank you. Strawberries. Shit. And cream. That's correct. Actually, you did need the cream. You did need the cream. Question number two. <laughs> Pims. Oh, I'm going to read the question out. I'm not going to lock you out of this one. You got to get it. So. Question number two. A kind of shorthand name for the tournament is Bzz. Wimbledon. Why'd you buzz in? I'll finish the question because you're an idiot. Oh, don't give him. He doesn't need any more of a layup if he's dumb enough to buzz in twice. Okay, we'll lock you out, Fab, because you're an no, idiot. no, no. I deserve the full question. Okay, I was, answer it. No, you, I, no, you don't answer got, it. I didn't get you. a bonus question. You don't get the full question. You buzz twice. I'll read the question out again. You can both buzz in. Okay. A kind of shorthand name for the tournament is Wimbledon's alphanumeric postcode. What is that postcode? Tim. Timbo. W378. Incorrect, Fabian. <laughs> I don't know. You want to have a guess? No. SW19 uh, is the postcode I, for Wimbledon, I, I and, and people do say I would that. never have gotten it. But. Question number three. Roger Federer is the winningest man in tournament Tim. history. Nine. Incorrect, Fabian. Eight. Eight is correct. Roger Federer has won eight gentlemen's singles championships. <laughs> Number four, you ready, Fabian? Yes. Andy Murray's 2013 Wimbledon win broke a 77-year drought for Britons at SW19. Who was the last Tim. Briton? I'm going to say Fred Perry. Fred Perry is correct. Won it uh, in was it 30? He won three in a row. Whatever year it was, his last one. <clears throat> Question number five. In the final of the 1907 um, Wimbledon Gentlemen's Singles title, Australian Norman Brooks 
defeated Britain's Arthur Gore. What was notable in history-making about Norman's victory? Tim. Timbo. He bailed him in every set. Incorrect. It's only two sets. No, incorrect. You've got to think your way through the question. I wasn't following the stats of the tennis in 1907. Does anyone want to have one more crack at it? Every set was a tiebreaker. You're thinking about it too laterally. One more crack at it, Fab? No. He was the first foreigner to win the title. Like it. Australian man. This is arguably the worst quiz you've ever put together. Question number six. Leighton Hewitt is the last Australian man or woman to win a Wimbledon singles title. Who did he defeat in the final? Tim. Timbo. David Nalbandian. David Nalbandian is correct. Question number seven. Fab, you need to get four in a row. Couldn't give a toss, mate. Question number seven. Aside from the United Kingdom, which nation has provided the most? Fabian. Yep. USA. That is correct. He didn't even hear the question. He just guessed. That's fine. Uh, most singles uh, winners. US, uh, 32 total wins. Australia a third. We have had 21 winners. That's across Amateur and Open Era. Question Tim. number... Nicholas Mahu. Incorrect. <laughs> this one's all yours, Fabian. All right, beautiful. Question number eight. In the open era, Bjorn Borg and Roger Federer are the only men to do this en route to winning the men's singles championship. Not drop a set. That is correct. Roger Federer did it in 2017 and Bjorn Borg did it in 1976. <laughs> Didn't drop a set. Question number nine. Question number nine. 15-year-old Corey Galf made history in defeating five-time women's Tim, champion. Venus Williams. Incorrect. Okay, give me the full question. 15-year-old Corey Galf made history in defeating five-time women's champion Venus Williams in the first round. Boris Becker is the youngest man to win the men's title. Who is the youngest woman to win? This is in the open era. The youngest woman to win the ladies' singles at Wimbledon. Martina Hingis. Incorrect. She is the youngest woman to win a Grand Slam. The correct answer. You already answered. You're buzzed out because you're an idiot, Tim. Do you want to give it to me? You don't get a point. Wimbledon. Youngest woman. Mm -hmm. (laughs) He said the question very slowly. You're not getting a point for this. So So hurry up. I'm buzzing you out. Sharapova. Even Gulagong. No. Maria Sharapova won it. 2004, 19. she was 17. 17, was she? Question number 10. I'm really hoping Tim she gets this. She Serena Williams. She did. Uh, probably one of the only times she's beaten her. Mm. Really hope you get this because it's a one-point game. Timbo and Fab, six to five. Fab's got to get it to stay alive. Tim can make it five on the bounce. Do you have a tiebreaker? No. <laughs> Question number 10. Who are the reigning men's and women's? Novak Djokovic. I'm getting rooting against you, Fab. Novak Djokovic? Novak is one. Serena Williams. Incorrect. For the steal, for the win. Well, yeah. uh, oh, he wins anyway. I win anyway. Uh, no, he's going to get it right because I've got one of the points. No, but I'm one in front. No, because you get half a point, I win by half a point. No, 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 I get a point. <laughs> no, you no, don't. You don't. You this, is for, right. this is just for one point. So I'll go Novak Djokovic. That is correct, Tim. And I'll go Azarenka. Incorrect. Azarenka hasn't won anything for about four years. Incorrect. Do you want to have one more crack Garbina at it? Gabina Muguruza. Incorrect. This doesn't count, by the way. <laughs> Shut up. <laughs> I wasn't allowed to steal last time and I knew the answer. Bullshit, you knew the answer. His name was... Oh, you're an idiot. Um, 
Gonna have to buzz you out. No, no, no. You're gonna give me a couple of seconds. Five. Four. Fuck. Three. Two. No. You don't even want to have a, anyone have a guess. Oh, you bust him out. He he said the Asian the Asian girl, and it wasn't the Spanish the girl. girl. Who's the Asian girl? The black Asian girl. Naomi Osaka. She won yeah, the Australian Open. It wasn't her, and it wasn't the, the Spanish girl, and it wasn't and nine Serena. Of the la- nine of the last ten Grand Slams have been won by different women. True. So give you got to give me a name. Throw a blanket over the field. I don't know. I don't know any other. Congratulations women. to Tim. You've taken out the fifth. Sean's quiz in a row by a score of six Your to five. Your quizzes are getting worse. Angelique Stop theming them. Angelique Kerber, the German, is the was the, the reigning women's champion at Wimbledon. Your quizzes are getting worse. What Don't the theme them. It's because Wimbledon. if some, one of us doesn't, I thought it was a great quiz, Sean. <laughs> <laughs> oh, thank you. I can't Timbo. believe the answer why one of them wasn't. I can't wait for who Cox Plate themed quiz. We might have a spring racing theme quiz. Oh, I won't turn up. We'll have an NFL theme quiz. Oh, Timbo knows the NFL. Well, what do you want me to quiz you about? So you get some Harlem Globetrotter layups. <laughs> what do you want? I'll do it. What happened? To help Name me. the ex-NBL player who was a Harlem Globetrotter. Leroy Loggins? Nope. I'm going to say Leroy Loggins. No. Tony Ronaldson? No, his first name does start with a... His nickname starts with a T, but his first name actually started with a K. His first name was actually Kendall. Jenna? Tiny Pinder. Tiny Pinder. Mm. Well, give me, give me. A th- I'm, I'm happy. In the, in just the, mix it up. In the spirit, in the spirit of Tim's domination, winning five quizzes, and I think he's six from seven. To be it's honest, Bjorn Borgish. It's Bjorn Borg, Roger Federer style. They've won five Wimbledon's in a row. Timbo's taken five quizzes in a row. He's got you on the rack, Feb. He's embarrassing. We'll you. put this out to the followers to vote whether Sean's quiz has gone down the shitter. What? It was a Wim- Wimbledon. I vote no. Wimbledon, <laughs> Wimbledon began this week. It's only tip. Oh, I can't wait to the Ashes theme quiz. <laughs> Give me a topic, and I'm happy. I'll do a quiz about a topic of your choosing, which Tim will have to compete in as well. Juve. Juve. <laughs> yeah, why don't you do a Juve theme for quiz next week and see how good Timbo is? Yeah, yeah. Every know. answer will be Aaron Ramsey. Juve. That's probably too lopsided your way. What about we make it like egg? Is it eggheads where you each give me a topic of your expertise? For next week, what? is that the? Was Have that, I ever told you about Adam winning um, world's brainiest footballer on Channel Ten? What a what a coup that would have been! And they had rugby players, they had rugby union players, they had soccer players and AFL players. And How did he get the gig? I don't know. He probably just put no, his hand. Well, no, no, I think I think his teammates nominated him because they sort of said you're fantastic at trivia and all that sort of stuff. But they same thing. They had to nominate uh, a topic. That was your area of strength. Well, and you, okay. And he turned around and he goes, the 1984 Los Angeles Olympics. And then before he's walked into the studio, he said, Timmy, tell us everything you know about the 1984 <laughs> Los Angeles Olympics. It was in Los Angeles. The Russians didn't go. Yeah. Carl, Carl. Carl Lewis won four gold medals. Because one of the questions was, what were the four events that he won? Long jump? Yes. Triple Coliseum? jump? No. Well, long jump, 100, 200. Yeah. 400? No. Oh, one, four by 100. Four by 100. Yeah. Okay. And then they said, and I, they didn't actually ask it, but I said, oh, the darling of the Olympics was Mary Lou Retton, who was the gymnast from the United States. But of course, was, was Flojo no, at the. No, Flojo was 88. <sighs> um, Gary Honey won the silver medal in the long jump behind Carlos. Sticky. Juiced to the eyeballs, Flojo. Flo, Flojo, yeah, absolutely. You could still run at sub 11. Well, that's why they shared to wear 
she doled herself up because they reckon the uh, steroid abuse uh, had made her give well, her, acne. Um, masculine looks. Oh, dear. Is what they said. Well, did it give her a dick like that South African? <laughs> Not that I'm aware of. <laughs> uh, anyway. Col- Coliseum? Was, it, yeah. was that the Coliseum? Yes. We're running out of time. So what we're going to do... Home of the Trojans. In the week, in the in the intervening week... In the Los Angeles Rams currently. By, I reckon, I'll give you the weekend or whenever you're comfortable. Give me a topic yeah. that you're comfortable with and that'll be your topic to answer from. Yeah. Happy with that? And then we can stop whinging. Back to the future. Okay. You're going to give that to me right now? You don't want to think about it? I would have gone Major League, <laughs> but we've already had We've already done Major League. Anyway. Yeah, so, oh, we had a Major League theme. But you didn't have to answer hey, it. Then I gave you a draft it was day. my quiz. And then I oh, gave my quiz. One of his I won my quiz. And then I gave you, won you your quiz. I gave you draft day after that. Anyway, thanks for listening. We'll catch you next that week. For me, Sean Peterbudge. For Fabian Guadagnolo. Arrivederci. For five-time quiz winner, Tim Davis. Thank you very much, Sean. It's always a pleasure. You can give me a quiz any time you want. Give him something else too. <laughs> and for Mr. Chen Fabian. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, no. Thank you. Thank you very much. Thank you. Goodbye.
Don't play. 